Okay, folks. Uh, my name is Eric Vellum, and I'm uh, with uh, Christ Only Ministries. Uh, preaching the word to uh, those willing to listen and um, those willing to uh, take that leap of faith and uh, into uh, that leap of faith into faith and uh, willing and eager to learn of God and uh, how he is in all and through all and above all and uh, there's no place we can go and there's no place that we can uh, escape from his presence from his will from his plan and uh, he is just uh, he's just with us no matter what what does uh, what does uh, King David said, you know, he says, where can I flee from you? You know, if I go down into the, uh, into the earth, or if I go up to the mountain, or if I go, you know, here, or if I go there, or if there's, there's, you know, you are there. There is no escaping. For like I said before, he is in all, through all, and above all. And somehow that is uh, the mystery of his being. And uh, something that is unfathomable to us, and we just uh, have to take it by faith that that's, who and what he is, and uh, one day those the the faithful will know, and will understand and see, and those who uh, <clears throat> never came uh, into a state of faith, uh, I guess they won't know, and they'll be tormented by that fact forever. So anyhow, um, let's. Uh, say a prayer then I'll do a reading and uh, we'll go on from there okay so the reading today is from 1st Kings 19th chapter 1 through uh, 15 no 1 through 18 so here we go 1st uh, Kings 19 now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went the day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. And all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread, baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, then lay down, lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him, and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Oreb, the mountain of God. Then he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your or 
altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mahola, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. And that is the word of the Lord. Um, <clears throat> First Kings chapter 19. Okay, so let's uh, pray and then we'll uh, get into the, into the uh, word here. Father, we uh, thank you, Lord, for this day and we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you uh, for the blessings that uh, we know and that we recognize. And we thank you for the blessings that we don't recognize and that, uh, Father, we just take for granted. And we know that everything that we have is from you and uh, all the good and perfect gifts and uh, life itself is from you and there is there is nothing outside of you so father we just uh, lift up our hearts to you lord we just ask you to bless these words and father that they would not be my words but they would be the words of your spirit father and uh, we just uh, pray that um, it would be edifying to uh, the church lord and it would be uh, pleasing and edifying to you as well that it would be be pleasing to your ear and uh, pleasing to your heart father that uh, your church in Christ may be uh, lifted up and may be strengthened so father we just uh, love you and we praise you and we thank you for all things and we just pray this in the precious name of your son Jesus Christ amen so in this scripture we see Elijah fleeing from Jezebel who was a pretty wicked leader or a pretty wicked queen at that time she was seeking the life of uh, of Elijah uh, and uh, he flees into the desert and he comes to the to Mount Oreb the mountain of God and uh, there he uh, God comes to him, but God doesn't come to him in, uh, in uh, these things that uh, we think, uh, we often think of as being synonymous or, or, or uh, you know, <clears throat> revelatory of, of, of God, 
uh, the you know the fire, the the uh, cataclysmic earthquake, or the uh, or the um, <clears throat> the wind, or or these uh, natural elements, and uh, uh, <clears throat> God is uh, not in those, and um, He's not there in a personal way. He's not there for us to meet Him there, uh, but uh, He reveals Himself to uh, Elijah as a still small in a still small voice, uh, humble. And uh, and um, just um, presenting himself uh, as uh, as a very humble and um, compassionate God. So that's how Elisha uh, uh, meets him there at Mount Oreb, and uh, and it, it occurs to me that, um, <clears throat> and I think it's fair to claim that. Uh, that human history from its uh, inception, uh, every culture, every language, every people have had in one way or another expressed a desire to know God, to please Him, to worship Him, to, uh, to um, you know, to uh, placate Him, to, uh, to uh, appeal to Him, to whatever. They, every, every culture has had some device, some a uh, religious ritual or some religious custom something uh, something that that would po point to this m this mystical being that that they they don't understand that they don't know but they but they just instinctively know it know he exists and 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 uh you know to me this is one of the the, the greatest proofs of god because I, I you know it would be hard to believe that we have this uh innate instinctive desire to to uh, to know God and to worship God and to uh, to honor God, if if there was in fact no God to be to be worshipped or honored, it's, it's it's you know why would that instinct, why would that drive, why would that primordial uh, uh, desire even be there? It's not like you know it's like uh, we're thirsty. Well, we're thirsty because and there's something there in truth to address that thirst we're hungry and there's something exists in truth to address that hunger or you know any of these other things you know that that that, that we that we desire and so to say that that we desire to know God and we desire you know every culture every peoples from the from the small aboriginal tribes to to our to the massive civilizations that have existed at one time or another have all uh, uh, reached out and 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 tried to uh, know know God and 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 try to to um, you know to uh, uh, bend him to their will or 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 do whatever they can to uh, to worship him and, and to know him and and to think that 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 we all have this innate desire, but there's no God. In fact, it, it seems a, 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 um, a little bit ludicrous to me. If if there's that desire, there is because the desire is there because there is something to meet that that demand that that desire that itch that 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 searching. Because God, in fact, is there. The thing is, you know, throughout human history, we have come up with all kinds of different ways to uh, to try to know Him. You know, we've come up with uh, you know bizarre rituals and and uh, and you know tattooing and and you know uh, all kinds of things. You know, bloodletting, uh, animal sacrifice. Uh, you know, people, human sacrifice was. You know, you're they're they're sacrificing to 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 these gods that they they 
really didn't know or to a God they really didn't know they really didn't understand but they thought he demanded human sacrifice in order that their crop may be uh, may be full and and and, uh, and um, fulfilling uh, for the next year that the Sun may rise up in the morning and if we don't have these sacrifices why he'll he'll pull that he'll yank that uh, that uh, phenomenon and so we've all, I mean, we've all at one time, every culture has at one time, you know, or, or another, I mean, just, just devised and sometimes very elaborate um, rituals and uh, customs and, uh, that must be met and performed in and, uh, and, and service to God that he, uh, that he might look down on them with, uh, with favor and that these rituals and customs may... Uh, may um you know inspire this god to uh to uh bestow blessings upon them and so i mean it's been in human history from from the beginning and uh, i you know i would dare say that probably and probably no uh no civilization no culture no tribe that hasn't in some way expressed a spiritual uh, uh yearning uh uh of appeasement or 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 trying to or worship or or whatever towards towards god and uh you know these are all primitive and uh and uh wayward ways of of of, of uh of seeking him and and appealing to him and uh, approaching him yet the the basic principle is still is still there they're seeking god and uh but God isn't 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 going to be found in those type rituals. He's not going to be found in in that in that bizarre type of uh, of um, circumstance. He doesn't express himself there. He doesn't reveal himself there. And uh, you know that 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 feeling, that desire is is really is probably the deepest emotion that 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 human beings have. You know, you can't you, you can't be born and come to a certain age and not start to wonder. It's like who, what is this? Who created this? Why am I here? Why is anything here? What's the purpose of this? Why do I suffer? Why do I you know this and 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 what is my existence? Am I nothing but a mist that's here today and gone tomorrow? Or do I have meaning? Or do I have purpose? Is there something? Is there some reason I'm I'm here? And there's nobody who does it who can really escape that. That I know that in um. That uh, in the Communist Manifesto, I, I think I read where Marx was was trying to address the question of God, and he goes and and he goes to he goes to um, to 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 the readers. He's he he says, and and in this society that we create, you know, we will not look to questions of God. We will no longer have the questions of God in our mind. We will know that it's futile. We will know that there's nothing there. We will know that that you know that. So we're not going to bother our minds and our spirits with with the things of of this nature. But we're going to you know invest ourselves in in this communal existence. And you know, I, I read that and I'm thinking to myself, that's foolishness. You know, you can you can you can't take that out of a human being. It's there. You know, you can you can create your perfect little uh, or you can try to your perfect little communist society where everything is geared around your labor and and everything is geared around the state and it's its demands upon you you know but inside of every human being is still going to be that yearning for purpose for 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 real purpose not just the purposes of the state you know that doesn't fulfill anything that doesn't tell you anything that is doesn't reveal anything to you 
That doesn't give you comfort. That doesn't give you strength. In fact, it enervates you. It weakens you. You just know that you've become a slave to some other human being or to some other ideology. And, and so when Marx says that, it's because Marx said really doesn't, he doesn't really understand the, uh, you know, he didn't understand that part of life. And, uh, you know, he was making his God the state or, or whatever. But still, even, even the atheist, they may claim that they don't believe in God, but still, that yearning for utopia, that yearning for something better, that yearning for God, that yearning for meaning, it's still there. And they can't, they shouldn't deny it. I mean, if they do deny it, they're just fooling themselves. They're just speaking in, in, uh, in ignorance. So it's there, I mean, whether you consider yourself an atheist or whether you consider yourself a full-fledged uh, 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 Spirit of Christ in you Christian, you know, we all have that, uh, that, that, that just instinctual desire to, to reach out to, to a, a creator, to say, you know, with questions and, and with wonder and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, what is the purpose of this and what is the meaning of this and what is my place in this? And it's, it's inescapable. And, uh, you know, we're all looking for somebody to or something or, or to validate who we are, to stand here as, as just a soul human being in the in the whole in this whole thing you know sometimes uh, you know you can feel your so your very vulnerability your very smallness and you and 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 you know you we're searching for somebody to validate our existence and you know if you look to friends and if you look to a uh, family and stuff like that well they'll validate you up to a point but believe me at some point they're gonna uh, you know they're not gonna they're gonna leave you with questions in your mind and, and they can't really fill that role anyhow because they're searching for the same things themselves they're not really all that sure of themselves and they're in their place in this whole thing so we're all stuck in this uh, in, in this in this you know yearning for a God but not knowing where to find him yearning for a God but but where his has he really revealed himself? What has he really told us? Who is he really? What does he really want from us? What are the demands that he really places on us? And, and, and how can we separate the demands he places on us from the demands that people place on us? And, and uh, you know, so that we're just you know, we're going through the motions of, a, of, of, you know, obeying social constructs or social narratives, as, uh, you know, our academics would say. So it, you know, this this idea that 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 you know that God is is the he is he exists and we know he exists because one of the reasons is because there's that universal yearning for him, the universal yearning to be validated by to be to be uh, uh, to know that you've been taken notice of. And that your existence has meaning and it has purpose. That we're that you know to assure us that our lives we don't live in vain. And we all know that these things can only be found in a transcendent spiritual world, in a transcendent God. We want to know that we're of some importance. We want to, and and we just instinctively know that 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 is, is the the earth here is not going to give it to us. It, it can't satisfy that role. You know, we just need this ultimate authority 
the creator of all things, the one who just set this thing into motion and who sees every life and, and, uh, and, and you know, we just, that is what uh, we're all searching for. Man, we, we, can't, we can't thrive long intellectually or spiritually in a per purely materialistic evolutionary sense that we're some sort of uh, 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 an accident of impersonal forces and we just have to live out this life that, that somehow came out of nowhere and we have to live out this life in, in pretending that it's meaningful. You know, it's, you know, I mean, if, 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 if you're a thinking person or something and, and uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, how, how far can this career take me in, in, uh, in uh, you know, in, in fulfilling and, and, and uh, addressing these, these very personal uh, insecurities in me? And, um, you know, there's this, this drive or this need for validation and this need for uh, uh, to know that you have purpose. You know, uh, uh, careers are great for a while, but ultimately they don't, they don't do it. There's nothing here that really can do it. That in some unfathomable way of, of uh, creating life from the dust of the earth, finding God and, and knowing He exists becomes of the utmost importance to us. We, we, we try to understand our lives in, 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 a, in, in some sort of context, and, and we know that the, the context has to be a spiritual context. And that the struggles that we endure uh, might have, have any meaning, that the sufferings that we endure and the hardships and the agony and the tears we shed ha are, are not just, uh, just endured in, in a blind and deaf universe, un unsympathetic to all that we have to uh, to all that we have to suffer and that and that 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 uh, you know that we are morally uh, um, responsible. Uh, we are morally answerable uh, uh, to something, to someone other than one another. And when men, men lose this, and when cultures lose this, I think it's it's despair that sets in. I think that's part of what what ails uh, America right now. I think despair is setting in because we've become filthy rich, and you know the envy of the world in in, in those terms. But but what we know as a culture that, that that's not really answering it. That you know riches upon riches just isn't isn't really doing it. And and the more we the more we see that as a culture, and the more we live under our affluence. The more we understand that, and the more you know, it seems in the same context, the more we're driving away the uh, the idea of God that could rescue us from this despair. But we just driver, you know, we just drive that out, and we just keep heaping on 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 this on this uh, idea that that somewhere in this world, whether it be riches or technology or somewhere, there's got to be some satisfaction. There's got to be an answer to who we are and what we are and, and what we need. And we just keep digging for it more and more. But it's not there. And that's when despair sets in. That's when it's like, oh my gosh, this thing is just, it's, 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 all, it's all for naught. It's all for nothing. In 10, 15, 20, 25 years, I'm going to be dead. And what, what, what? 
what was all that about? All the wisdom that maybe I've gained, all the all the all the compassion that I've nurtured and tried to bring out in myself. What? It's all for nothing. It's all for you know to what? Where does my wisdom go? Where do you know this compassion? Do I pass it on to another generation that I that after I die means nothing to me because I'm not even here. I don't exist. <coughs> So, so um, you know, men, all of us just have that drive, just have that desire. To seek God, to know God, to understand God, to understand His purposes for our lives, to understand our own lives, to understand ourselves, to understand our neighbor, to understand what, what <coughs> well, excuse me, what, what, what the meaning of all this. And so we look for God, and every culture, every person looks for God in so many different ways. Trying this, and trying that, and trying this, and doing that, and doing this, and hoping this, and hoping that. And uh, all, trying to, all trying to, you know, to find some communion, some, some you know, some inner deepness that, that we, we feel that we're, we're actually connected to something greater than ourselves. If all kinds of uh, different religious systems and rituals that all they all point to this 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 uh, 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 yearning for answers and this yearning for to know God is life meaningful or is it not? Is life just ruled by the by the mighty and by their <coughs> and by their um, ideas of the good or is there a sub, uh, an objective good? Is there an objective truth? Is there an objective reason why I, you know my life is is important? Because the same person that says my life is important can also say my life is unimportant, and that's been done down through the through the ages. That positive impulse—it's a positive impulse in men—is we just have this primordial desire to reach out to, to because it's in us. <clears throat> it's there. It, 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 it's, it's as much part of the human being as our sense of smell. Who has created us? But you know, in our sinful ignorance, we have gone, uh, you know, in a million different directions and, and looking for him. Where is he? How is he? How can I come into communion with him? And we, we're, we're looking for this validation and we're looking for him in all the wrong places and in all the wrong ways and in all the wrong manners. We're looking for him in storms. We're looking for him in, in nature. We're looking for him in the fire. We're looking for God in, in, the, uh, in the wind. And we're looking for God in the earthquake. And we're looking for God in, the, in cataclysmic things. And we're looking for God in the subtle things. And for God in here, for God there. And we can never really grasp where God is. As soon as like we, we feel like, like we're getting close, he just slips through our fingers and we just can't really grasp <clears throat> where we do stand. What is the purpose? You know, we look for it in, uh, in, in politics and, and, uh, for, and power and, and we look for them in bizarre religions and cults. They're all just attempts to speak with and to know God. And some of it's horribly evil. But yet it's, it's, still a, it's still an appeal to the transcendent. 
You know, you can say you're an atheist, or you know, Hitler can say he's an atheist, but and Stalin can say he's 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 an he's an atheist, but <coughs> but uh, I think, and I I know this to be true of several atheistic, materialistic figures and philosophers that behind the scenes they're 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 involved in cults and they're involved in secret rituals. So so they might be atheists in, in maybe in the Christian sense because the Christian God presents to them somebody they have to be accountable to and they don't want that. They want to 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 indulge in their decadence and still find God. Well it's it's not gonna happen like that. And so you know their their atheism is really towards is an atheism towards the Christian God that we have to be accountable to and and to be accountable morally is is anathema to uh, to uh, 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 a lot of you know to intellectuals and to powerful people because they're filled with the pride of life and in this uh, um, in his, this particular age, I mean, I'm sure it's been down in, the, in all the ages, there seems to be a concerted effort to return to, the pag to pagan practices or belief in the, in the worship of, of nature and the natural world. And uh, men have come to believe that the natural world is all there is. We've been, we've been browbeat into believing this. And uh, that nothing lies uh, above and nothing lies below, as John Len Lennon so, uh, so uh, uh, distastefully proclaims to the world. No heaven above and no hell below. And uh, that's just all, uh, imagine such a world. Well, if you really did imagine such a world, you would see that it's, uh, and if you really did have, understand human nature, you wouldn't, you would see that it's not the utopia that John Lennon thinks it's going to be, but it would be hell on earth, it would be, be chaos, it would be murder, it would be, it would be all of our uh, emotions unleashed, unmoored, unanchored. We're seeing that in our in our uh, in the uh, in our uh, sexual practices practices in our sexual behavior in this culture now. It's totally been totally unmoored from the Christian understanding of sex, and uh, you know, and and has been uh, it's been lift uh, it drifts it drifts now, and it has been unmoored to any anchor, and 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 it's getting into all kinds of different things. I mean, you can see that. You can see that. You know, with all of our elites being involved in, in decadent practices and, uh, you know, we don't know a tenth of it. And this whole Epstein affair and that whole affair up in Saratoga, whatever, whatever that cult was up there, it's all, you know, it's all sexual, it's all, it's all this uh, part of this uh, sexual revolution. But the religious impulse will express itself somewhere, somehow. And this, uh, now we have this debate over global warming and the conditions of the environment and pollution, and in many respects, you know, being being a good steward of our of the environment is is worthy. It seems that it also also borders on or is worship of nature. And that uh, nature, man can find his soul by, by uh, find himself by communing with nature and finding our place within it, like uh, like uh, Thoreau or Emerson, 
And uh, you know, Paul does warn us that that men one one day will, will you know, did will and uh, are continuing to worship the creation and not the Creator. And I think that's where you know a lot of what we're where we are right now. Uh, that transcendent impulse in this in us is isn't seeking anymore the true God because you know we've given up on that and now we're 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 you know we're centering on uh, Earth and nature and and all and uh, all these places. Uh, as a uh, you know, as a uh, as a response to that desire in us, that nature has the final say, and that we must find our our spot in in it and make our peace with it. And it's a that that whole earth worship thing, and that and that it's it's pagan, and it's a completely complete rejection of man as a unique and worthy creation made in the image of God with eternity written in our hearts. It demotes us to simply another another species who happens to be ravaging other species and we have no right to do, to do that. We have no dominion over the earth. We have no dominion over anything. Dominion over over the earth is a Christian concept and that's uh, and that's not to be uh, to be accepted these days. <clears throat> but really, if you look at it, it's a kind of kind of dim-witted and it's, and it's very sentimental approach to nature, as uh, as though nature is some benevolent force that loves us and envelops us and protects us. And uh, you know, even in a recent bi study Bible study article, I, I I read, it was extolling the virtues of nature and how beautiful God's creation. And I will grant you that. I mean, the, the creation does point towards a God, and. Uh, it doesn't point uh, specifically to a Christian God. It doesn't really give us any answers. But yet, you know, the the majesty of the creation is is certainly evidence of a creator. And um, you know, how the sun sets and the and uh, you know, the 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 glaciers and the thousands of our unique animal species and and all the beauty of the earth and uh, you know uh, all this and this is what uh, earth worshippers get get into. But but you know somehow they don't really they don't make another connection and uh, that we could you know learn something about God from creation and uh, and you know admittedly as I said nature is awesome and it's mysterious but it ultimately ultimately tells us very little about God it tells us very it answers very very few of our questions in fact I don't think it answers any of the deeper questions what is the meaning of, of me here what is my purpose does is my life important is there a God who loves me you know these these very deep questions are completely unanswered by nature in our relationship with him because you know this the same beautiful nature the same beautiful sunrise can also be furious and terrifying and brutal and merciless mother nature as they've often said is is uh is um red in tooth and claw it really is i mean you know na nature you you're looking at nature and you're saying oh you know it's all lovely it's all lovely until you see until you see a lion you know and i've mentioned this before until you see a lion take down a zebra and start to eat it while it's still living and still struggling for life yeah i don't know i don't know what i can learn about god from that that's pretty terrifying you know, that's, uh, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be getting out of that. So I don't think nature really is, is, is there to really instruct me and, and, and uh, to give me some sort of a relationship with God. 
So, you know, and, and uh, you know, the same sunset that uh, we're looking at today, tomorrow, it's, it's, it's the, uh, you know, it's the, the mountains are covered with dark, with, with, with dark clouds, and you can see a tornado heading towards your way, or a hurricane is heading towards your way, or, some, or an earthquake devastates an entire uh, shoreline, and, and hundreds of thousands of people lose their lives in, in some tsunami. You know, you can look at nature, you can look at the beautiful side of nature too, but there's one heck of an ugly side as well and i'm not sure what that's going to tell you about god i don't see i don't know what either side is going to really tell you about our relationship to him <clears throat> so god doesn't speak to us it's like it says in in uh, in kings he doesn't speak to us in the fire he doesn't speak to us in the wind he doesn't speak to us in the earthquake we're not going to develop a personal relationship with him there. He's not going to reveal himself to us there. He's not going to reveal him, in, himself and, and his plans for us and, and his desires for us and you know where we fit in and, where, and what the end result will all be. We're not going to find it in nature. We're not, it's not there. Nature is arbitrary and gives us very little to go on as we search it for God, its intentions, its purpose, and design. Indeed, men have looked long and hard and in many different ways to come up with some reliable means of knowing God, be it through philosophy and the love of truth, as they call it, or through nature or contemplation or through repetitive, uh, uh, repetitive rituals, mythology, yoga. They've all proved futile and meaningless ultimately there are so many things that we have tried so where can we meet him so how do we meet him so how do we uh, uh, develop a relationship with him is he there to, 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 to make a relationship with us and he's not in the fire and he's not in the earthquake and he's not in the wind and he's not in our philosophies, and he's not in our politics, and he's not in our rituals, he's not in our cults, he's not in our earth worship, he's not any there, anywhere there. But God has revealed, has taken it upon himself to reveal himself in one very specific way. You will know God this way. You will know the Father this way. Through Jesus Christ, his Son. That he was sent here that we may know the Father and, and that we, we may know the Son and the Father who sent him. That is the, one of the purposes of Christ. That, that in Christ, this, this, this yearning, this, this desire, this, this need to know God is finally answered. God is heard heard our prayers. God has heard our agonies. God has heard our tears. And all in due time, when everything was just right, he revealed himself in Christ. This is who God is. This is God here. This is God incarnate. This is God come to us. This is the answer to all of our questions. And whether you can accept that and receive that by faith or, or, or you don't, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's up to you and, and, uh, and whatever. But there it is. You know, you can accept it and you, or you can reject it. You can, you, can, you can search and ask and knock and, and come to some answers through Scripture and through Christ. Or you can just, or you can just blow it off and say, ah, gee, you know, come on, give me a break. That's up to you. But there it is. There's the answer. If you want to take up that cross and if you want to follow Christ, that's your answer. That's who God is. Right there. 
right there. That's his promises. That's all the promises of God. They're all yes in Christ. And there it is. The promises of, 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 of life and life to the full. The promises of, of, of knowing the Father. The promises of blessings. The promises of wisdom. The promises of eternal life. Of, of, of recapturing that relationship with, with the Father. It's all there in Christ. There God has been revealed in Christ Jesus. As we read the scriptures and we let the Holy Spirit indwell us. By faith. If we just let that let his spirit be a part of us and take and, and take and take the throne on our hearts, then we will know the Father. Nobody comes to the Father except through Christ. And nobody learns of the Son except through the Father. And nobody learns of the Father except through the Son. It's just, uh, it's just this dynamic, ongoing relationship between you, the Father, the, the, uh, His Christ, and the Holy Spirit. It's one of learning. It's one of rebuking. It's one of, one of teaching. It's one of wisdom. It's one of, of hope. It's one of joy. It's one of, uh, of, of suffering. It's one of uh, you know, rebuking your, your sinful nature. It's one of taking courage. <clears throat> this is how God reveals to us Himself in Christ. He teaches us a, about Himself through Christ. He reveals His purposes in our lives the ultimate purpose of our life we can only know God there's only not one name under heaven by which we may be saved <clears throat> and that's Jesus Christ this is the gift of God Christ is the visible image of the invisible God he comes to us and reveals himself to us not as some bizarre, bloodthirsty tyrant in need of constant ritual and bloodletting and, and agony and pain, but he reveals to us, he comes to us as one who loves us and has compassion upon us and, and desires us to be with him, to share in his happiness, to, uh, to, to give us the spirit, so to, to give us wisdom and strength to say no to the things that war against our soul and say yes to the things that will lead us and put us on that path that leads to the throne of God. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. God has revealed himself in Christ. There it is. You can commit yourself to, the, to, to that one true God, or you can reject that one true God. I mean, I guess ultimately it's up to you. One leads to life, and the other leads to eternal destruction. Broad is that path, but narrow is the path that leads to Christ, and, 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 uh, and few will find it. And, uh, broad is that road to destruction. Because that road to destruction appeals to all of our vices and all of our pride and all of our desires, our our our, uh, our sinful desires. It appeals to all those things, and so many people will go down that path, slavishly giving themselves over to every desire, to every concept of uh, of pleasure. Never coming to understand the utter futility of these things. 
they lead to nothing to nowhere and they just leave you with a more of a, leave you with a more desire than before it's an insatiable lust whether it be for money or sex or power or fame or glory or whatever if you're trying to find all those things in in this world <clears throat> it's just a it's just a, a uh, it's just a quick downhill uh, descent but if you seek these 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 things you know uh, power and glory and and life in Christ it's there those things they're not necessarily they're not necessarily evil you know to seek glory we seek glory in God we seek power in God you know we 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 seek eternal life we seek to be to be to share life with God So God comes to us and he meets with us and he and he walks with us to forgive us and and give us hope and strength in the person of Christ. Here is here is God himself <clears throat> willing to be touched by the unclean, willing to be jostled by crowds. You know, I, sometimes we get this idea that and, and and it's true that that God in his majesty just is untouchable. He's just unapproachable and uh you know and in Christ, God becomes ultimately approachable. He hangs out with his disciples. He, he you know, the the, uh, the prostitutes uh, are are uh, are wind up in his entourage. Uh, you know, um, the lepers do, and and tax collectors, and and the filthy, and and the and the hated. They all become become followers of him because they recognize in him that there's hope. That, they're, that they do have meaning, that they're just not some filthy object that people can take advantage of and, and spit upon. But God has given them worth. God, God has given them a, a, a value, a tremendous value, such a tremendous value that he would, that he would hang in agony from a cross so that we could, uh, so that we could uh, join him in his glory. Jesus is indeed God with us. Jesus is how God has revealed himself. Jesus is the answer to that yearning in us. Christ is the, is the answer to that, to that desire to know God. As creation works its way towards that perfect, perfect redemption for the sons of man to be revealed. In Christ, God suffers with us and suffers for us as He redeems all creation, as it waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed, to be released from the bondage to decay, to be released from the bondage to, to death and destruction. All that is of the old order. The new order is eternal and content and joyous. In Christ, People know that now that God is indeed love and that he has not left us here as orphans to live meaningless lives but instead he's bestowed upon us great value and importance so much that he would have the son the blood of his son uh, Jesus shed upon that cross God by this God he proves to us that our individual lives have great value for if God can take note of, a, of, a, of every fallen sparrow, he is surely taking note of us. 
In Christ, men learn that God is not a vengeful tyrant, that we should be in constant fear of his wrath, but that he is meek and he is humble and he is gentle. And he comes not in the cataclysms and convulsions of society and culture and nature, but he comes in a still small voice, for I am humble and I am gentle in heart. That's what Christ has revealed to us. God wants us to seek. God wants us to knock. God wants us to ask. For if we ask, we'll be answered. If we seek, we'll find. If we knock, the door will be open to us. We just have to we just have to show some interest and God will take care of the rest. As he reveals himself to you, as he as he takes up residence in us. And at that point when Christ takes residence in us, there's no turning back. And we learn from, from Christ that God is a champion of the weak and of the poor and of the humble and of the broken and of the, of the mourning. The leper and the, the, leper and the adulteress and, and the sinner. For he did not come to save those who uh, hang out with the so-called righteous, but he has come to save the sinner and to find the lost. As he shows us in the, in the uh, parables of the, of, the, uh, of the lost sheep and the, uh, the lost coins. Giving up everything to find that one lost sheep. Leaving everything behind to find that one sheep. Calling in all your neighbors when you find that one coin. He rejoices greatly in, 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 in the, in the uh, salvation of every single soul. This is our God that has been shown to us in Christ. This is how you find the answers to those things that, that plague our souls and that trouble us. This is where it is. This is the revelation of God. There's no other, there's no other, other name under heaven that we can uh, summons so that we might know God and meet God and understand Him some extent this is the God that we had hoped for and now he is here amongst us he came to us the Greeks said it would be foolishness for, for, for God to come as a human being and this was before the uh, appearance of Christ their philosophers used to say that will, will God ever appear to us as a human being oh no that would that would could not be that would be inconsistent with his magisterial uh, uh, position and his, and, his, and his glory and his kingdom and, and, and whatever. But behold, he came to us as a man. So let us uh, worship him in spirit and in truth. Let us center ourselves on Christ. And I guess that's why I call uh, <clears throat> the ministries Christ only. Because everything we know of God, everything we understand about God, everything we understand about ourselves, everything we understand about wisdom and truth, everything that, 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 that we uh, commit ourselves to as, as, uh, as, 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 as Christians, it's all through Christ. Everything is through Christ. 
he lives and moves and you know and and has uh we live and we move and we have our being him in him he is through all and above all and in all you know everything created was created by him for him and through him paul is always referring to the trinity in those in those uh three words you know So there is the answer to our age-old question, to that age-old yearning. The answer is Christ, and Christ only. It's in Him that we find our purposes, that we find who we are, that we can accept who we are, uh, that we have received validation. It's not that we accept the sin in who we are, but we accept that who we are because we understand that that we're no less and no more than anybody else. You know, God loves others and God loves us. And so we can accept ourselves and we can accept others as well. Even even but but even so, even in in, in, in accepting ourselves, we still strive through this Holy Spirit to uh, to shed the uh, the sinful nature and to live our lives uh, as a sacrifice to uh, the Father. So that's about it. That was a lengthy one, but uh, there's the answer to man's eternal yearning from the dawn of time and the dawn of civilization to now. Every man's soul just instinctively yearns to know God and God has revealed himself at just the right time when the world was ready to to uh, to uh, receive him and uh, when the world was uh, ready to be able to spread that word once it, once it received him um, then um, then he came at just the right time. So uh, that about wraps that up. I hope uh, you got something out of that and I surely hope it was pleasing to the Father. Uh, so I shall read from Ephesians third chapter. Yes indeed. And uh, and then we'll move on from there. Okay. So Paul writes in the third chapter of Ephesians in uh, verse 14, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derived its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. <coughs> Excuse me. I should have brought some water up, but I didn't. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Uh, go in peace. Uh, I love you all in Christ. And, uh, and uh, just uh, let us set our hearts upon 
the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and scorned its shame and sat down at the right hand of the Father. In Christ we have come to know God. Amen.